Hello and welcome to the Your Gym Big Sister podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening or night whenever you happen to be listening to this. So today's episode is more planned than last week's. Obviously last week's episode was a little bit of a train wreck. (laughs) It was a very impromptu on the fly episode and I'm still so new to like podcasting. I'm not very good at kind of making things up as I go along. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a bit of a hot mess, but you know what, we made it through and obviously the message in that podcast was that sometimes things don't go to plan and things aren't always going to be perfect, but just showing up is better than not even trying in the first place. So hopefully you took something valuable from last week's episode if you haven't listened to it. Um, but today's episode is probably going to be a bit of a longer one. Today's episode is one that I've been meaning to record, but I just kind of kept putting it on the back burner. So today's episode, take a fucking shot every time I say today's episode, sorry. Um, but it's going to be all about my my prep last year, my bodybuilding prep, my very first bodybuilding prep. So this has actually been quite a requested episode. Every time I've kind of asked about ideas for the podcast, people have asked me um, to do a, a, an episode on this, you know, going off going over my season, going over, you know, what goes into a bodybuilding prep, you know, the ups, the downs, everything. And I've been on a few, I've been a guest on a few podcasts and I've spoken about it. Um, So in my head, I was like, oh, do I need to record one? But I haven't been on my own podcast to talk about it. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Um, And obviously it's something that I could talk about for quite a long time. I think, you know, bodybuilding is, it's a weird sport, like, let's be honest. And I know like when you're in it, you know, you're very much in the bodybuilding scene. Everything seems so like normal and like the living your life in this way. It just seems like such a typical thing to do. And it's only when I kind of like go outside of my usual circle and talk to people that I realize like how weird it is and how extreme it is. Um, And I know some people will probably look at me or other bodybuilders um, and think like, why would you do that? You know, it's it just seems so odd it seems so extreme restrictive you know risky why why would you put yourself through that so I suppose in this episode I kind of want to I mean do a massive debrief of the season in and of itself because uh, it was my very first season and it was you know it's quite successful uh, I would kind of say um and also just kind of yeah give like a give an honest insight into like why I decided I wanted to do a bodybuilding show and why I want to do more and why I've kind of dedicated my life to this thing you know um because again I get it like it's extreme it's not for everybody I don't think it should be for everybody either you know I'm more I find I'm more having to talk people out of competing because I don't think it's the right decision for them versus talking people into competing if that makes sense um and at the end of the day like uh, it's it's such a huge thing to do with your life it's such a big um it it takes up so much time, you know, and if you're going to go into this, I think you should have all the information, all of the, all of the facts and be able to make a decision for yourself. Because I know a lot of people kind of ask me, you know, how did I know I was ready to compete? You know, I've been kind of somewhat thinking about competing, you know, and I'm not 100% sure if I should. So hopefully, you know, after listening to this, if it's something you have been thinking about, you'll have some more information, some more insight and be able to make you know, an informed decision. Um, Of course, if you are like thinking about competing and you want to know even more, 
do not hesitate to like message me like I'm always happy to talk to people like about this stuff because I fucking love it I love bodybuilding so you know I'm happy to um discuss you know if you do want to um so yeah I'm just gonna get straight into it I guess I guess obviously before I get into it um as as always if you would like to rate review subscribe share etc etc share it with a friend share it with your mom I don't know share it with somebody um I would appreciate that uh in terms of like personal updates I don't really have too much to say I I'm going to New York next week now. Oh my God, I can't. I'm so excited. It's going to be the first time I've gone away and like not brought my laptop with me, which uh, is definitely like needed uh, when you're when you're a coach, when you're a coach, like it, you don't stop working, you know, like you really don't. Um, and any holiday I've gone on since I started coaching, I've always had my laptop with me. I've always done some sort of work. Like I've even gone on holidays and like done consultation calls and stuff, which now I'm like, girl, what the hell? I mean, when you're building a business, you'll do anything. But uh, I'm at the point now where I don't need to do that, which is nice. And I'm so excited for a few days break. I mean, I'm still going to have my work phone, so I'll still be like replying to clients and messages and stuff like that, but not like doing proper, proper sit down with the laptop work, which is going to be delicious and so is all the amazing food that I'm gonna eat you know and um, although to be fair my appetite is still just crap so some Levan bakery cookies and I'm gonna be sorted <laughs> um but yeah we will jump straight into it so I'm gonna start with just like a brief recap of like how the season actually went for me um so I did do seven shows in total I did three in Ireland one in the UK one in Budapest one and then two in the US so the three I did in Ireland the first was the WMBF Ireland which uh, was a really good show it was their first year and um, Finbar and Lil who run the WMBF are so so nice and they really made us all feel so welcome and yeah so I went to that show took first in the figure open and then I also went and won the overall which was incredible um obviously would it be my first show I was like real nervous going in I had no idea what to expect um and yeah it was it was a really nice way to kind of start the season off I then went into the NBFI show the following week which was in Cork so again that's the Natural Bodybuilding Federation of Ireland also sorry I'm just gonna uh, mention here in case you don't know or like are unaware I'm I, I competed naturally last year which means I did not take any performance enhancing drugs and I competed in mostly tested federations um most federations in bodybuilding they do not drug test and most people who compete in those federations are not natural they are taking some form of performance enhancing drugs or assistance whether that's fat burners or anabolics um so just I think sometimes like if you are not into bodybuilding, you might not realize that. Um, I know I used to think that every female who bodybuilded, bodybuild, bodybuilded, bodybuilt, bodybuilds. I don't know what the fucking verb is there, but that they were like natural. Uh, it blew my mind when I started realizing that the majority of them are in fact not. Um, but that's a story for another day. But yes, I did compete in mostly drug tested federations because I was natural myself. Um, and so it just made more sense to compete against people who are also natural rather than going up against people who are taking assistance and then you know feeling like I wasn't as big as them which I never would be so anyway I just wanted to like clarify that so yes Natural Bodybuilding Federation of Ireland I did their show the following week and I again won and won the overall which I was so happy about um I put like so much pressure on myself going into that show I really wanted to win because I wanted to go to the 
UK DFBA British finals, which were, I think, four weeks later. And I knew the only way I was going to get to go was if I won that show. Um, so I would put a lot of pressure on myself going into that show. Um, I was actually crying in the morning because I thought I looked so bad. It was hilarious, which I'll get into all of the kind of the self-doubt and stuff uh, in a little while. But yeah, did go, did win, won the overall, which was a big surprise. And I was so, so happy about that. Two weeks later then I did the PCA Ireland and I won the toned figure um, and then I want to say a week later I did the UK FBA finals where I came second uh, which I was really really happy with because the that was a massive show there was a lot of girls in there there was a lot of girls I knew uh, competing and the standard was incredible you know there's a big difference between competing in Ireland. Obviously, like Ireland is a small country so like there's less competitors whereas you're going somewhere like the UK there's so many more competitors. All the people at the finals have already done qualifying shows um, to get to the finals. And then you also have people coming from across Europe to also compete at the finals. So like it was a big, big, big show and a big, big lineup. So I was very, very happy to go and take second. Um, and yeah, that was that was a lovely day. It was a really nice show. Um, I got to meet so many of like my kind of internet friends. Obviously, bodybuilding, especially bodybuilding in Ireland is a... <laughs> lonely sport you know there's not like there's some bodybuilders but um especially the kind of how do I how do I say this without sounding like a dick the culture of bodybuilding in Ireland I would say is quite behind um especially compared to places like the UK so when you predominantly you know know people or the people that you mostly kind of socialize with even if it's in an online setting are from the UK you can feel very like lonely and isolated in 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 bodybuilding in Ireland um and so it was really nice to go there and like be around all those people people that I've known for like years basically online to finally meet some of them in person for the first time um so that show for me was really about that and the coming second was literally just like you know cherry on top of the cake or the icing on the cake is that the phrase so yeah I was delighted um so then came off stage and then two weeks later I had the INBA PNBA European Championship so that was in Budapest I think yes Budapest in Hungary so I went to that show and I had zero expectations um honestly like if I thought the standard at like the UK show was going to be high, I thought it was going to be like even higher um, in Europe. Like this was like the European Championships, you know, you have people coming from all across Europe to compete in that show. So I literally went in and was like, I have no expectations here. I'd love to come like top six because then at least I'll probably get some sort of a medal. Um, but that was honestly all I was hoping for. Like again, even that morning, I just I just had no expectations. Um like just thought yeah I'm gonna go probably you know the smallest one on stage probably be um outsized and I ended up winning and it was the biggest like that was the biggest shock of the entire season you know like I was going up against people who had won shows all across Europe I was going up against like people who were professionals in other federations you know so pros in the WMBF and like again it was just it was crazy um and that entire day was just it was like such a blur and the entire day was so long as well because we weren't on stage till like fucking 7 p.m so I was just waiting around all day thinking fuck I can't wait to be off stage here because I just know I'm gonna lose which is such a terrible attitude to have well that, that wasn't really what I was thinking I was more so just really tired and I was like like the thing with competing especially when you're competing later in the day is it it's quite hard because you're trying to stay 
you're trying to hold your look, you know, you're trying to stay looking super conditioned and full and rested, you know, when you like, like the reality is if I'm like drinking water and eating all day, even if I'm stayed shredded, I'm not going to look the same in the evening as I do in the morning. Someone actually asked me that once on a Q&A. They were like, how come you look so bad in all your stage shots? I was like, well, fuck you. Um, sorry, you try and, you try and have fucking shredded abs at 8pm at night. Um, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, like obviously when I'm flat in the morning, straight out of bed, I would look like so shredded. I Don't get me wrong. I still looked really, really lean on stage, but it's hard because you're trying to hold that so like you're not drinking a whole lot of water you're eating really small low volume meals you're hungry you're trying not to move around because like say with my legs if I walked around loads they'd get a little bit watery and inflamed and I want them to look as, as lean and conditioned as possible so it's really difficult just like sitting there all day and all you can do is like watch the show which is fun and, and everything like that but at the same time you know I you're trying to keep your mind occupied so it's difficult like that's definitely one of the hardest things about um like show days just like sitting around waiting around and trying to like chill out um but yeah I got on stage and we were up on stage for so so long like they kept calling us out and um like I had a feeling when I was up on stage that they were looking at me a lot like I could see the judges pointing at me and I think they must have done about 10 or 12 call outs so that's basically where all the competitors are at the back of the stage and they'll call out like a few people at a time that they specifically want to look at and usually if you're like called out you know the for, for the first kind of call out it means you're sort of in the top like four or five but with this show it was different like because there, there was about 10 judges, I want to say. So they every judge nearly got got their own call out. So every judge was calling out who they wanted to see and who they wanted to compare. And like they just they just kept bringing me out and it was insane. And yeah, I kind of had like, I had a feeling when I was up there that maybe I was one of the winners, but I, or that I was the winner, but I didn't want to believe it at the same time because um, there was a girl kind of beside me competing and like she, her name's Rachel and oh my God she her physique literally when I saw her I was like yeah you're gonna win she was she is incredible and she's lovely as well um I actually got to know her um at that show and I was talking to her at some of the other shows that we went to she is such a dear um but like she you know she was bigger than me she was leaner than me so I just assumed that she would win you know I just thought well like of course she's gonna beat me um and when they called her for a second and then I realized I was the winner it was just it was it was crazy. It was one of the happiest moments ever because I just, it was just so unexpected. You know, I think um, at other, like, you know, if I'm being honest, going into some of my earlier shows in Ireland, like, I not not that I expected to win and that's not the case at all, but I had, I had hoped I would win. You know, I kind of thought like, I've got a good chance of winning here. Whereas going into that show, I genuinely did not think I could win at all. Um, so yeah, I won that. And then I won, uh, I also got a pro card at that show. Oh my God, sorry. I just like choked on my voice. <laughs> Sounds like I was about to start crying there. I'm not that emotional. It was an emotional day, but I'm, I'm not. But to be fair, uh, if, you, if, if you could ever see any of the stage footage, I was bawling crying. Um, it was just, yeah, it was a very, very uh, overwhelming feeling because I just, I just went in there with no expectations and that's what made it, I think, just so much sweeter. So won that, won my pro card, um, which for anyone who doesn't know, within like, all bodybuilding federations you can either compete as an amateur and then if you say like win a big show you get a pro card and so then you compete as a professional and you compete against other professionals and usually that means like you'll kind of compete for money now don't get it twisted you're not making enough money it's not like a professional golfer only has to golf like professional bodybuilders especially in natural federations 
they're also like that that's not enough to support them if that makes sense you know like they, they also have like other jobs some ifbb pro so i the ifbb is like the the federation who do like the olympia and stuff they some of their pro bodybuilders can get away with not working other jobs but that's not because they're winning enough money when they compete it's because they're sponsored by companies um, and people literally pay them to be bodybuilders so wouldn't that be the dream and uh, maybe one day <laughs> but um but yeah regardless you know it's, it's more so about like the the, the the honor and like competing um you know at a higher level you're competing against other pros so you're competing against people of like a much higher standard than like the the amateurs oh not not always that's that's not always the case because some of those amateur classes i saw were fucking crazy um but yeah regardless that's just to explain what a pro card is but with the inba pnba who are one of the big natural federations like if you win a pro card you don't have to compete as a pro so I came off stage and obviously I was like all excited and I was like woohoo I'm going to be a pro I'm going to compete as a pro um and then I was talking to my coach AJ and I kind of said you know what do you think I should do like should I take the pro card should I compete as a pro and we kind of had a discussion about it and I suppose the way he kind of framed it to me was you know like you could compete as a pro but then you'll only ever get to compete as a pro you won't be able to compete as an amateur uh, you know at other shows in the future and he kind of asked me uh you know what what what's your goal within within bodybuilding like do you want to be an IMBA PMBA pro and I kind of thought about it and I was like no I actually don't <laughs> which sounds a bit savage but my goal last year was never ever to turn pro like I, like I knew maybe I could if if I did well but it wasn't my goal you know like it was my first season competing like how the hell am I going to go in saying I want to win a pro card like side note if you've never competed before and you're like I want an IFBB pro card like fucking catch a hold of yourself like what like you've never even stood on stage and I know that's a bit savage but I see people say it all the time like you've no idea what you look like up on stage you cannot say that you want a pro card like no um so yeah (laughs) sorry if I've offended anybody with that one but I just think uh it's it's true um but yeah I never wanted to turn pro um so I decided I'm just gonna stay as an amateur if I went to the my next show which was like the natural olympia and competed as a pro I would be competing against people who were like 10 years older than me and in bodybuilding being older especially in natural bodybuilding it it is very very advantageous because you have so much more muscle and so much more like muscle density and maturity and I knew if I went up against other pros I was going to look like a small child um so I decided I would just stay amateur I suppose in, in my head I kind of said if I'm good enough to be a pro and I decide in the future I want to be a pro I'll win a pro card again like I knew I would you know I kind of said like and if 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 it was a fluke and I'm not good enough to be a pro then I won't win it again and then it, like that that'll be fine so yeah I decided I'd stay amateur go to the natural olympia and compete compete as an amateur so I went to the natural olympia and I lost <laughs> I lost bad it was yeah it was not good it was a it was a very tough show um just in terms of like how it ended up going um so I kind of went and it was a very similar lineup to the Europeans like a lot of the same people uh pretty much all the same people with like a few extra people from America and I went and yeah they didn't even really look at me which was quite difficult um you know we were up it, it was it was crazy you know uh I went up on stage 
and I think I was up there for like two minutes and then I was gone and it was over and it was done with and I just came off stage and I was like what the hell just happened and I'm not ashamed to to, to say this like obviously like I'm it's not that I'm like a sore loser or whatever but it was it was genuinely a shock like I went into that show feeling the most confident I felt I pushed the hardest I pushed I was the leanest I'd been I thought our peak had gone really well the travel like I'd handled the travel well you know it was a long haul flight from Ireland to, to Las Vegas and you know, my body, like it didn't retain loads of water and I was really, really confident going into that show. Um, and so for that, for me to kind of go up and not even like, not even feel like they really looked at me, that was really, really difficult, but equally, and I've said this before, like, I'm really glad it happened. Like as much as it hurt in the moment, like, and again, like I, I was crying afterwards cause it, it just, it was just like, what? Like, you know, um, and I know people will probably be listening to that, that and thinking like, you're so cocky but like and maybe I was but at the same time you know if if you've just won like the European title you would think that you are somewhat what they're looking for in terms of the judging criteria um so to go to a show and this was the same federation and for them to not actually like even consider me like that was hard but again like it's that's bodybuilding like it is a subjective sport and you are literally getting up on a stage and asking asking strangers to judge you and that's difficult and you have to be willing to accept that sometimes those strangers are not going to be looking for what you bring you know and I know that my like my look for within like the figure category it was smaller it was like a little bit less lean it was more so about like my presentation and my shape and stuff like that you know like I have like some a a small waist I've got like that kind of x frame but sometimes judges are looking for something else sometimes judges are looking for a harder look they're looking for a more mature look they're looking for more muscle they're looking for leaner and that's fine like that is that is the name of the game it's a subjective sport um and so I think it was just a really really good lesson for me was that I can't always put all of my stock in like the the result on the day and that I have to also just be willing to accept that sometimes it's about how I feel I've presented myself and I know that that was the best look that I have brought um to stage you know I know like again I don't really have any pictures of it because it was over so quick like there's literally no pictures of me um and like some things didn't go so well like the I I didn't like the lighting at all and I'm not afraid to say it the lighting at that show was fucking atrocious (laughs) it was in like a brightly lit conference room in a hotel it wasn't like a real stage so yeah like nobody looked good you know um it really washed out like my legs and stuff like that I my glaze wasn't good so that's like the shiny stuff you put on um to make your muscles pop I got glazed too early and then it kind of wore off a little bit um I didn't really like I pumped up um and then they held us at the side of the stage for ages so I kind of lost my pump and my my physique's the kind that if you don't if I don't have a good pump I look like terrible but then once I've got like that like I've got blood in my muscles I look completely different so there was a lot of things that went wrong and again it was it was a learning process for me it was like okay next time if I'm competing get the glaze at the very last minute keep pumping up like literally bring bands to the side of the stage and do not stop um you know like there's a few things that I definitely learned there so again it was a learning experience and if anything it was a an emotional learning experience that sometimes things don't go your way and that's fine like that is the sport of bodybuilding and you have to be willing to accept that like and and this is something to really consider if you want to if you want to step on stage is that like you're like I said you're going up there to be judged by strangers like you're going up there to have people literally look at your body and decide if they think it's good enough that's fucking hard and unless you have a really strong mindset and unless you really 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 
um are proud of the work you've done that could tear you apart you know so it's just again something to consider um but yeah so that show didn't go so well and it definitely did like knock me a little bit but I had one more show left which was the WMBF Worlds the following week um so going into that week that was the toughest week probably of my life (laughs) well maybe not of my life that's probably a bit dramatic but it was very hard so I had a combination of just being just being like my confidence was just gone from that prior weekend you know suddenly all those wins I'd had I didn't care about them the only thing I could think about was the fact that I had lost um at the at the the natural Olympia and I was like I'm obviously not good enough you know obviously that win I just took at the Europeans that was a fluke they didn't mean to give me that you know and again all these thoughts um which was really really hard you know and so confidence was down and then I also got really sick (laughs) really sick so we obviously being at like the natural Olympia you're in like big crowds like there was lots of people around lots of people I know who were at that show ended up getting really really sick and I think maybe it was COVID because just the symptoms I kind of had like I just felt like I had a really bad flu but it yeah I just it was really bad I had such bad headaches flus I felt a bit nauseous and so we were like flying from Las Vegas to LA and oh my god I remember even just like the flight was the worst thing I've ever experienced I just felt so awful I was like dragging my bags through the airport like almost in tears because I just like I had no energy I had nothing left to give and I think at this point I was just so burnt out like I knew the end was in sight I knew I only had a few days left but like I was just so fucking sick of everything. I was so sick of weighing all my food. I was so sick of taking check-in pictures every day. I was so sick of just like how I felt. And I was like, fuck, like every day I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it to this show. Like I thought I was going to have to pull out because, because of just how crap I felt, you know, I could barely sleep. I, I, I just remember like, I was like walking around the streets of LA trying to get my steps in, like in a haze. Um, and yeah, it was really bad. And then the worst thing about being sick when you're that close to a show is you cannot or like not that you can't but like you don't want to take any painkillers or anything because they might disrupt your digestion they might disrupt your water retention and it's just when your body is that lean and that shredded every little variable counts and so you're just you're like I can't I can't take anything so that was difficult but luckily throughout the back end of the week to be honest as soon as I got to LA I started to feel a lot better I think just because LA vibes are so much better like sidebar Las Vegas disgusting (laughs) like I'm sure Las Vegas is fine if you're going you know for the purposes of like partying gambling but if you're there and you're sober and you're competing it's oh my god it's disgusting like it's so fake and so tacky and yeah it's just it's just not really a nice place whereas when I got to LA there was like the sea air there was nature like it was just it was gorgeous so I felt a lot better towards the back end of the week. I kind of started to be like, okay, I can, I can do this. It's just a few more days. I knew, like, I knew, like, I probably wasn't going to look my best at that show because, again, I was, I, I think my physique was just tired. And, you know, even looking at the, the stage shots from the show, don't get me wrong, I was happy with them, but definitely not my best look. And I think my body was just tired um, at that point. So, yeah, I managed to get through, managed to push on into the end. Um, and I actually came away with third at the WMBF Worlds, which I was so happy with because, honestly, like, I just wanted to get up on the stage. I said to myself, if I make it up onto that stage, I'm going to be happy because this this has been such a tough week. Um, and yeah, so to come away with third, I was honestly so, so delighted. Um, like the, the girl who won that class, she had won the pro master's figure that morning. So um, within like, say like, 
the the show you've got like the open class which is like everybody and then there's the master's class which is like I think over 35 and then you've got your amateurs and pros so there was a pro figure master's class earlier on in the day so the girl who won that she was doing my amateur open class because within the WMBF like you can kind of cross compete so if you're a pro in one class you can compete as an amateur in another class so she did my class I saw her warming up and I was like yeah well you're gonna win Um, and she did and rightfully so her physique was fucking incredible she was gorgeous as well she was this like Italian goddess um so yeah she she completely deserved that um and the girl came second was also really really good so I was happy you know and again like I know I wasn't like I didn't look like my leanest at that show like I had definitely yeah I just looked tired I think and I think if you know bodybuilding you probably know what a tired physique looked like and that that was what mine looked like so honestly like to, to finish with her I was so happy came off stage delighted a way too many donuts um felt quite sick but I was happy you know it was a nice way to end the season and then I got to spend a few days in LA with Shane and so my boyfriend because he was also competing he did all the shows with me and it was just incredible like even just at that show at the WMBF I was around people who I've looked up to for years like we were in the Cheesecake Factory with Eric Helms and it was just anybody who knows bodybuilding probably knows Eric Helms and he's like the goat and it was just crazy I was just sitting there like this is so surreal like I'm trying to eat a burger and I'm just talking to like Eric Helms was sitting beside me it was crazy so yeah those are some of like the nice memories but god I've been talking for 30 minutes oh my god I'm so sorry this is gonna be such a long one um but anyway it's fine it's fine you can listen to it in multiple parts so that's a brief recap of like how the season actually went for me um I just thought it was not it would be nice to kind of give some context so yeah obviously for my first season I'm buzzing it was nice it was really really good it's funny because it literally feels like it just happened and it was over and now I'm like okay so what's next you know it's crazy like and I'm I'm very much like that I, I'm always the type of person who's like looking to the next kind of goal and to the next hurdle um but equally you have to be able to reflect back and be proud of your achievements and proud of your accomplishments and like I cannot be dissatisfied with that season you know for a first season it was incredible and I have some incredible memories and yeah I'm really really proud of myself you know I I when I first approached my coach in 2020 I just wanted to get up on stage like I just wanted to compete and show myself that I could do it and you know, as you start progressing through, you know, different gaining phases, dieting phases, you know, people start talking to you, people start telling you that you have potential, your, your expectations start to increase, I suppose. And so don't get me wrong, I never expected my season to go like that. But I thought I had the potential to do quite well, you know, Um, I thought I could maybe uh, win some shows or place well. Um, And when it started happening, it just felt so surreal. So that's a brief recap. Um, so I thought I would kind of talk about like everything like leading up to my prep because this is really important. Like a prep is not just a whatever 20, 21, 24, 26 week diet. If you want to compete in bodybuilding, it's years of work, years of work to get to that point. If you've just been training for a few months and you think, oh, I'll just do a prep you're probably not going to have that good of a prep because you're not going to have that much muscle tissue. Your experience within like bodybuilding, like the lifestyle of bodybuilding is probably going to be quite low. And in my opinion, the more time you give yourself before considering starting a prep, the better. So I've been training since I was about 17 and I'm 26 now. So I've been training for a long time and I've been training, you know, 
quote unquote like a bodybuilder for probably like six years I want to say um you know obviously I did some questionable things in the gym when I first started going but I quickly started learning about you know hypertrophy training progressive overload and you know learning from evidence-based sort of people within that within that space and so I've been training pretty well for like six years and then I would say in 2020 when I started with my coach AJ that's when I started to take my training up a notch but like I've always been able to train really hard I've always worked hard in the gym it was just when I started with him it was a bit more specific towards the goal of growing into the the figure class you know and um, putting on muscle in the right places so you know I, I I've been doing this a a long time you know so when I started with AJ we went straight into a gaining phase and then I did a diet and then I did another gaining phase and then I did another diet and then I did a gaining phase so it was like this cyclical like pushing body weight up dieting down pushing body weight up dieting down doing my pre-prep diet which was like I think a 16 week diet where we got me quite lean so that we could really see what we were working with and then built food and body weight back up slightly prior to starting prep and then I started prep in April I I want to say April 25th last year um but I'm going to get into like all the specifics of the prep in in a in a minute but I think the first thing and the first question that I want to answer because I put a question box on my on my story and people were very kind and I actually got loads of questions I was surprised I didn't think people were that interested in like my my prep and stuff but um one of the biggest questions I got or one of the one of the first questions was like why did I decide to compete and I think a lot of people wonder this when they see somebody prepping because again like I said at the start it's extreme it's a little bit weird it's like why would you put yourself through that so I've I've been living like a bodybuilder for years you know for years now I've been prepping all my meals tracking all my food training really really hard going through phases of like building up building muscle gaining weight and then cutting back down I've always done this I love the routine I love being meticulous I don't really like again I'm 26 I've had my years of partying I don't really care I I don't really drink much you know I don't care for that I just love living like a bodybuilder I love structure I love progress I love you know I love working hard like I I love working like like as like weird as that sounds I just love the feeling of working hard and achieving things and knowing that you've put the work in to get there like even say when I think about my degree you know like I did really well in university and I'm not proud like obviously I'm, I'm proud of like how I did and you know I, I like won different awards and stuff in, in university I'm proud of that but I'm most proud of the fact that I know I worked fucking hard to do that I think there's nothing more fulfilling than just simple like hard like determined work and that's what bodybuilding is for me it's it's an expression of my love of hard work um through my physique you know um but I love it and another thing is I fucking love training like I love training like bodybuilder that's why I compete and um I think I've heard this phrase kind of thrown around like quite a bit but it's like I compete because I love training I don't train to compete you know, I know some people and like they, they see people competing and they think that looks fun. OK, how do I train in order to to get there? Whereas I think that's a little bit backwards. I was always training like a bodybuilder. And then I just thought, well, like, you know, I'm already doing all of these things. Why not try competing? And like for years, I always like and I've always followed bodybuilders. I've always been interested in the sport. You know, I've always looked at shows and thought that looks fun. I've always watched competitors on um, YouTube, you know, like I would watch people's prep vlogs. I always thought it looked really, really fun. But I always told myself, like, 
I couldn't do that like I would not be able to compete because I wouldn't be able to get lean enough I wouldn't be able to stick to a diet you know all of these all of these um you know limiting beliefs that I had I just told myself I wouldn't be able to do it I don't have the potential I don't have the genetics xyz and all it took for me was well one seeing other people who I could kind of identify with competing so namely Georgie Cooper who I've mentioned before many times um I saw her prepping for her for a show and I thought, hey, we're quite similar and we have quite similar backgrounds. And if she can do it, maybe I can do it, you know, like maybe it's not so out of reach for me. And then when I applied to AJ and like I I sent him in like my initial, you know, um, coaching application and he said to me, you know, you have the potential to like be like a British champion. You have the potential to do really well. Hearing that, that just gave me that sense of belief. And from that day, like literally that day onwards, I was all in on bodybuilding. You know, that gave me the permission to start thinking of myself as someone who could maybe compete one day um but I had been living the lifestyle for years and so like what I mean by the lifestyle is kind of what I said it's very structured you're eating the same meals every day same routine same bedtimes same training you know doing the same training plan for months and months on end and this is the same in a prep and in an off season if you can't do these things in an off season you probably can't do them in a prep and I often will have conversations with people and they're like I want to do a show this year And like, they're not even doing all these basic habits in a gaining phase, in an improvement season phase. And they think that they're going to be able to do it in a prep. I promise you, it's not going to work that way. So my biggest piece of advice to anybody who thinks that they might want to compete one day is to just make sure you're spending time living the bodybuilder lifestyle and that you actually enjoy it and that you actually get, you know, satisfaction from that. You know, another thing is, are you like, are you willing to take the time to actually build that that muscle tissue that's required? You know, um, at the end of the day, it's bodybuilding. The the prep just reveals what you've built. It just reveals the muscle tissue that you have. But if you don't have the muscle tissue in the first place, you're going to get up get up on stage and be really really disappointed with how you look. And believe me when I say you probably have less muscle than you think you have. Even me, after training all those years last year when I was competing, I thought I really thought I was bigger than this. You know, I I felt so small. Um, and I mean that's part and parcel of bodybuilding. You're always going to feel too small, and you're probably not going to feel lean enough either. But regardless. I mean, I know I have a good bit of muscle, but you probably have less than you think. Like when you get shredded down to stage condition, you probably have less muscle than you think. If you've been training for a year, you probably don't have all that much muscle. Like, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of freaks out there who will look at a weight and grow, but that's the genetic genetic elite um and a lot of people like unless you've been smart and like gotten a coach straight away and someone to help you um nail down all these variables you're probably not going to be in the best position to start something like a bodybuilding prep so if you're not willing to take you know say like an extra year um especially like working with a coach I cannot stress this enough if you think you want to compete just get a coach now just get a coach now because they will be able to teach you so much and they'll be able to get you ready for the specific class you want to do as well um but you need to be willing to take that time you know if if you're not willing to wait a year then that's a bit of a red flag to me that you probably don't love bodybuilding you just love the idea of competing and in my opinion there's a lot of people out there who have rushed into doing bodybuilding shows and then as a result they had say poor um, rebounds they had terrible reverses they ended up potentially with some disordered eating habits and they're the, the people who now say that bodybuilding is unhealthy bodybuilding is really bad for you bodybuilding will ruin your relationship with food xyz but most people who are like that 
I can tell you now they rushed into competing and they probably did it before they were ready so take the time like you will only benefit yourself and you will only do yourself massive favors by taking the time both from a maturity perspective of like your mindset and like your actual craft like how you do these different habits on a daily basis your processes but also from the the physical standpoint you know the more more time you spend the more muscle you're going to have so again time time is your best friend within this game but yeah like how did I somebody asked again like why did I decide to compete slash how did I know I was ready to compete so how did I know I was ready I had done multiple diets and I had been 100% adherent in those a bodybuilding prep is 100% adherence there is no deviating from the plan there is none you do not you do not go out for cheat meals you do not do you, you do not like not do your steps or skip your cardio that doesn't happen i mean you can do that you're gonna you're not gonna do well but if you want to do well in bodybuilding it's 100 percent adherence to the plan if you cannot do that like you need to practice that and again dieting is a skill it's it is it is a skill if you give yourself the time to practice that skill before you start your prep you're going to make prep a lot easier you know um I pers- like I have my own say blueprint for how to make fat loss easy. You know, I know how to make my dieting phases feel relatively pain-free, but I only know that because I've done multiple dieting phases where I tried out different methods, you know, it's it's a case of trial and error, you know, I tried structuring my meals differently, structuring my days differently, um all these sorts of things and I only was able to come into my prep knowing that I had the kind of the, the armor at my disposal to make my prep feel a little bit easier because I'd done so many dieting phases and I had I knew that like it didn't matter what came up I was not going to deviate from the plan so make sure if you again if you're thinking about doing a prep like doing something like a photo shoot prep or just like a longer dieting phase before going into your prep as in like do do the photo shoot prep then do like a gaining phase then do a competition prep that's probably the best way to structure it because you will you will learn within those like prep scenario or within those diets those pre-prep diets how to diet and it is a skill and you're doing it then without the without the pressure because at the end of the day there's a lot of pressure on when you're in a competition prep because you know by x day you need to be x lean and you know you you might worry you might be like oh god am I going to be ready in time and again even just from a coach's perspective like if I can work with somebody and do a diet with them before they start uh, any sort of prep I have so much data I know how their body responds I know what sort of food they're going to have to end up on I know what sort of training or what sort of cardio they're going to have to do you know I I can make better decisions in a prep and like even like my coach AJ he was able to make good decisions and really really good decisions in the prep because he knew how my body was going to respond so again practicing dieting and like having had having done multiple diets myself I knew I was ready to prep I knew that I was in a good position and again I loved the bodybuilding lifestyle I loved training I loved everything about the sport so that was kind of how I knew I was ready you know um it is a big commitment and I knew exactly what was going to go into it as well like like I said I'd watch people's vlogs of like their their preps for years I knew what what it would look like and so I had all the information prior to going in um another thing was I I didn't have any issues with like missing out on social occasions slash going to social occasions and bringing like my own food my own meal prep and stuff like that and I think that's just something to keep in mind like you can socialize while you're on prep and you probably should because you don't want to be a complete hermit but you're not going to be able to like go out and eat and drink but 
it does not like even before prep i would often go out for food with my friends and not eat if i was in a dieting phase or i'd bring my own meals with me i've done that i've brought my own meals to restaurants it really doesn't matter like people don't care like people do not give a shit people in restaurants don't give a shit either so that's just something else um to consider but hopefully that kind of answers the question of like why why i decided to compete and things to probably consider if you're thinking about competing like how how does the the time prior to the prep look and like are you willing to take that time so what did my prep look like on paper so it was 31 weeks in total it was 21 weeks between starting prep until the first show so we kind of knew like my goal was to get to those later shows in the US in November so you have to think about it this way if I had dieted 31 weeks to my first show and then stayed on prep for another nine weeks I would have been dieting in 40 weeks total and I would have been a shriveled mess by the end so we always knew that I was going to come into that first show at the WMBF in good enough condition to hopefully win but not in like complete stage condition so I think at the first show I was around 130 pounds 131 pounds and by my last show I was 123 so I took out off another seven pounds between the first and last shows and I got like into true stage condition I would say and you know you have to consider this if you're planning on doing a longer season holding condition is difficult now I actually think holding condition is easier as a natural athlete because I don't have any kind of PEDs in play you know I'm not using any kind of anabolics that potentially I don't want to keep in for that long you know I do think it is a bit of a simpler process as a natural athlete but it's not easy (laughs) being stage shredded even if you're reversing into shows even if you're eating more food it still feels very very difficult so we knew we didn't want me like 100% at that first show that it was going to be a case that I would do the first show and then in between shows I would be kind of pulling back down pushing hard for condition and then reversing and peaking for all of my uh, subsequent shows so that's kind of what we did so 31 weeks in total my starting calories and macros were 1970 on a training day 1770 on a rest day and by the end I was on around 1600 calories on a training day and around 1400 calories on a rest day so food never got like abysmally low like that now I will say like that's very low for me I I had never been on food that low before um but like I know some bikini girls who have to go sub 1000 calories and that is the reality of prep if you want to get shredded and especially if you're small like again I was like 130 pounds on stage between 125 to 130 I know girls who are like 90 pounds on stage or 99 100 pounds so the smaller you are the less food you're going to need and that's just the reality of it and as well like again I carry a good bit of muscle like not loads but I carry enough muscle that um you know I need a little bit more food so you know don't like and I will say I never said what my calories and macros were when I was on prep because I did not want anyone to copy them and I'm saying this now on my podcast because because you listen to my podcast I'm gonna assume that you're somewhat smart and you're clued in <laughs> and you're cool so you're you're gonna be getting like just by the way as a podcast listener you're gonna be getting all the dirt and everything about my life but I'm happy to say it here but please 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 do not copy those calories do not copy them they're not gonna work for you they're not gonna work for you whatsoever <laughs> so I'm just saying it to give some context so again like I said started away so at my starting weight for my prep was actually 158 pounds ended it like I said around 120 124 by the end I was doing around 15,000 steps a day 
my cardio was at about 35 to 40 minutes on a rest day for like pretty much the whole prep I never did cardio on training days there was a few sessions by the end that I did do 45 minutes in like those very last like digging phases um but that was as much as my cardio got again a lot of people I know do daily cardio I know people who have to do twice a day cardio I just happened to get away kind of lucky with only having to do it on rest days so again don't compare yourself to me if you're dieting and you're having to push harder don't there's nothing wrong with you it's just it's just how bodies work we're all different so I tracked my food um but I will say I basically followed a meal plan um because somebody did actually ask me what meals I ate so I'm going to quickly run you through what my food looked like towards the end because it was quite boring and quite uh, plain. So my first meal, which was my pre-workout meal, that was egg whites and then a bagel with peanut butter and low sugar jam, which I know people will be like, oh my God, you're having bagels on prep. But when I say that bagel was the only thing that got me through days, it was the only thing that got me through my days. So I was happy enough to have my bagel. I don't like oats. If I liked oats, I probably would have had oats for breakfast, but I actually don't like oats. So bagel, peanut butter and jam. And to be fair, my hunger levels were not that high throughout prep, even when my calories were lower. Um, it didn't really bother me. So I would have that. Post-workout then, I'd have a scoop of protein, uh, like a protein shake and 80 grams of cereal. Those were my only direct carbs in the day. Um, so every other meal across the day was just protein and either veg or like fats so then I would have chicken vegetables and dark chocolate for my third meal um, and then I'd have chicken and vegetables for dinner and then for my last meal I'd have a protein mug cake which is basically just a scoop of protein with some dark chocolate so food sources very like similar throughout the day um pretty boring pretty bland because that helps me stay adherent I don't like having loads of mad sweet meals or low sugar low carb things um I would rather just eat like loads of chicken and veg and feel satisfied there so that was my training day food on a rest day I would have bacon medallions an egg egg whites and some grilled tomatoes then I would have chicken 200 grams of potatoes and vegetables I would have some lean beef medallions with strawberries and dark chocolate and then I'd have some chicken and veg, and then I'd have my protein milk cake. So carbs on a rest day were pretty damn low. Um, I think it was like 75 grams by the end, which, I mean, it's low. Like, that's low for me. Uh, I know some people who have to do zero carb at the end. So again, it's you can't really compare. Um, but yeah, I would strawberries, strawberries are like the biggest dieting hack ever, by the way, because they're so high in volume. So um, strawberries all day, every day. That was what I had on a rest day. Everything was tracked. Everything was weighed, Okay all my sauces so for with like say if I was having chicken and veg I would have like 20 grams of low sugar ketchup all weighed all my vegetables weighed any milk in my coffee weighed salt at the end so when you're peaking you know you are paying attention to things like your sodium so all my salt was weighed there was no deviations there was no meals out and there was no alcohol again I'm hammering home the point that like this is extreme this is restrictive I know that I know that. You don't need to tell me that. I know that. But that's what goes into a prep. That is what it takes. Another thing to, I suppose, like, take into account when it comes to, like, looking at what a bodybuilding, blah, 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 blah. Sorry, I cannot speak. When it comes to what a bodybuilding prep looks like, posing, posing practice every single day for the majority of the prep. I started posing lessons two years before I stood on stage. And I'm saying this because... People have said to me, your posing is really good, which I still find so funny when people say that because I feel like a fucking giraffe on stilts. But I, I do think my posing was pretty good. I was practicing that for two years, two years, okay? If you have a show in like September and you're only getting lessons now, girl, best of luck is all I'll say. It's so hard, so, so hard. Like, and the thing is with posing, 
it can make or break you. You can have the best physique. You can work so, so hard. You can nail all of your, your protocols to the T. But if you're posing as shit, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. You have to be able to present yourself, you know, and good posing will draw the judge's eye. Good posing will get people to pay attention to you. So just make sure. And like, again, this this is where like the, the whole time management thing comes in. Like, you must be so scheduled and so meticulous with your days when you're on a prep prep because there's so much to do, you know? So posing practice, like pretty much every day um, after my training sessions and after my cardio sessions. Another thing that um, I was doing pretty much every single day from about nine weeks, from, from, from about a week out from my first show all the way through to my last show was daily check-ins. So every day I would have to wake up, take pictures and send them to my coach that gets very tiring. Um, if I'm being honest, like it's, it's a lot of analysis of your physique. And again, it's just something to keep in mind. Like you will become very, very, very physique obsessed. Obviously it's, it's a bodybuilding show and you're literally being judged on what you look like, but just something to keep in mind, like my God, my camera roll, I've had to go back and like delete loads of them because my, my actual uh, iCloud was full. Like that's how many pictures I have of myself. So again, just something to keep in mind if you're considering a prep, like it's intense. <laughs> so, gosh, I've been talking for so long. I'm going to try and get through the rest of this quite quickly. So what are the good parts of prep? What do I enjoy about prep? It's challenging. I love a challenge and I love showing myself that I can do something that I set my mind to. I love the focus and drive you get when you are on prep. You know, being on lower food, you actually get quite a lot of like mental clarity, but equally because you've so much to do in a day, you're forced into like a very, very strong, rigid routine. And that makes me very productive. I was much more productive on prep than I am now. Um, another thing is it's, it's honestly, look, it's cool to see yourself shredded <laughs> like it is and to see all that muscle that you've spent so long building. It's very rewarding. Um, and even just like pushing yourself, you know, don't get me wrong. The days were hard. There was days I was so tired, so hungry, but every day I'd get to the end of it and I'd get into bed and I'd be like, I did it. You know, I, I pushed myself today. And that's what prep is. It's the accumulation of each and every day, just taking those boxes and just showing up each and every single day. Another cool thing about prep is I got to con- connect and meet with like a lot of like-minded people. So like I said, kind of earlier on, you know, I got to meet people at shows. I was around people I've looked up to for so long and that was incredible. Like I said, bodybuilding is a lonely sport. So getting to meet people at, at show days and feel like you're part of a community is incredible. Uh, another thing is food tastes amazing when you're shredded you might have listened to what my day of food looked like and thought that sounds boring trust me when you're hungry chicken and vegetables it tastes good everything tastes good you appreciate everything uh, which is nice and one of the best parts about the prep was getting to do it with with Shane um like that was amazing you know getting to prep with him we were each other's kind of accountability buddies you know if I was struggling he would keep me going um it usually went that way. I was about to say if he was struggling, I'd keep him going, but he's he's a rock. I I was the emotional one. Um, so he had a lot of days of having to kind of keep me cool, calm and collected. And then we got to travel across the world, you know, competing. And that was so fun. So to get to do it with like my best friend, that was just one of the best parts, I think. So what were the bad parts about prep? Um, so for me, the worst part about prep was training, just getting so hard at the end. And when I say hard, I mean, all my numbers were dropping, my strength was way down, sessions felt like a complete and utter battle, like it was really, really hard. Obviously, your energy is lower, you're taking in less food, but you're also a lot lighter. You know, I was 35 pounds lighter, so there's 35 pounds less of me to move the the weights in the gym. That gets really, really difficult. Um, Training was very up and down. Like some sessions were fine, but then some were just like 
just awful like there was times I would literally cry in the gym and that that's just part of it you know um it's just just with frustration and how weak I'd gotten and like I said at start I bodybuild because I love training I love feeling strong I love performing in the gym and so when that kind of takes a bit of a hit I found that difficult um and just like low energy in general you know like walking around is it gets hard like literally just getting up and doing the most menial tasks it feels very very difficult um you also have to be very much like a micromanager of every single thing day to day so like if you're going out anywhere anywhere if you've like an appointment or you have to meet your friends or like anything you have to bring everything with you that you could possibly need like all your food your water everything um, and that can get a bit tiring you know even like the travel when we were traveling to the US it was so exhausting just because I had to prep everything every single meal like and there's no like oh I'll just grab something in the airport like that that doesn't happen so there is a lot of like like you have to think about the entire week and be like okay what 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 things are going to come up this week what meals do I have to prep it it can get a bit tiring um at times um obviously you're restricted I mean like that's kind of part and parcel of prep like if you're going into a prep and you're thinking you're not going to feel restricted you're a bit silly but obviously that comes with hunger a little bit more food focus and then another thing that is obviously like a a negative of prep is I did lose my menstrual cycle um most people most girls who most females who prep will lose their cycle there's a few people who don't but the reality is if you're getting into stage condition your body is not in a position where it could make a baby so it shuts off the it basically your body wants to preserve as much energy as possible so it looks at the things you're doing and asks is this necessary and if it's not necessary it stops doing it and one of those things is your menstrual cycle so that is obviously a big uh, negative of prep and I do think I'm going to talk about it a bit more in a future episode but that is something to consider you know um prepping and doing preps a lot you are potentially risking your fertility that is a choice that you that only you can make like if you're going into a prep, you have to know the risks. I knew the risks. I knew, and I know, and I know, I, I continue to know the risks of prepping. Um, I'm not that bothered about kids, honestly. So for me, it's the fertility doesn't bother me. Obviously, it's the other things that come along with not having a cycle, the other risks, um, which again, I'll discuss more on another episode because I think uh, that could do with its own kind of chat and talk but there's a lot of information out there um if you do want to learn a little bit more um, and if this is something that does concern you if you want to message me I'm happy to point you in the direction of kind of good resources but that is something to think about um obviously this someone asked me actually was I on contraception I have the copper coil um so that doesn't affect like my cycles or anything so it, it is just that like I lost my cycle um and the biggest struggle for me like the worst part of prep for me personally was my self-doubt so this is something that became incredibly evident to me in my prep and I've always known that this has been a struggle for me is just crippling self-esteem issues um I do not believe in myself at all and that goes for in every area of life like even when I was in university I never thought I was going to do well and then I ended up coming first in my class when it comes to business I didn't think anybody would want to be coached by me and now I have like a really like quite successful coaching business I have massive self-doubt and I hold myself back a lot because of this and I think that a prep a prep will reveal your demons. I think like if you have things and shit that you haven't worked worked on and shit you have not resolved, it is going to rear its ugly head within a prep. So you need to really like sit down and 
analyze yourself and your thoughts and who you are before you consider doing a prep and that sounds deep as fuck but it's true because these things will come and grab you whether that's whether that's body body dysmorphia disordered eating self-doubt self-esteem these things will be brought to the forefront within the context of a prep because it's extreme you know if your body is being pushed to the extreme then your emotions are going to be pushed to the extreme and it's just something to consider like I know before I prep next like I will be working on this a lot like I will be like going to therapy and working on this because I need I need that help I need that extra help I don't want this to be a sticking point for me you know and like I said like even after like winning the shows and stuff I was still thinking that I look shit I still thought I wasn't good enough I wasn't ready I thought I wasn't going to be ready in time I wasn't going to be big enough I wasn't going to be lean enough I thought I was going to embarrass myself I thought I was going to embarrass or I, I thought I was going to let myself down I thought I would let everybody else down that I'd let my coach down that I let my family down like all of these thoughts I had them all the time like even like like before pretty much every single show I was crying because I just thought that I wasn't going to look good even after winning I still thought that I didn't look good so that is a big big thing that was a bad part of prep for me not a bad part like in a way it was good it was it was educational for me and like now I know moving forward what I need to work on from like a kind of self-development perspective but yeah a prep will show you what your biggest struggles are I think that that's just something to keep in mind so yeah if there's shit lying there under the surface and you're not addressing it it will it will come you know it will rear its ugly head and just be ready for that (laughs) um okay that's pretty much everything in terms of like what I want to talk about so I'm I've been going for an hour this is definitely gonna be my, my longest one but I'm now going to answer questions because I did, like I said, put up a question box and I got loads of good questions. So I'm going to answer them. I'm going to try and get through through them as quickly as possible. So the first thing I got was hunger tips. That was it. That was the entire question, hunger tips. So my biggest uh, tip when it comes to hunger is accepting that you are going to be hungry. If you're doing a bodybuilding prep, you're going to be fucking hungry. If you're getting into stage condition, you're going to be hungry. If you learn to accept it and embrace it and actually see it as a good thing, be like, okay, if I'm hungry, that means I'm probably in a deficit and therefore I'm probably losing body fat that's probably my best tip there other tips like eat high volume foods like eat loads of veggies eat lean protein eat bland foods don't use loads of like zero calorie sugar-free sweeteners all that sort of stuff like those things are fine in moderation but don't overdo it because that actually makes my food focus a lot worse and then I would have a pepsi max daily that was like my crutch my my my, my evening pepsi max that kind of got me through and um, but the main thing is just acceptance like acceptance like if you if you can't deal with hunger, then don't do a bodybuilding prep because you're not going to last very long, okay? What did my day look like? Pretty much exactly what it looked like now, just a little bit more regimented and with a little bit more activity. So I'd wake up, coffee, read, journal, do my first work block. So this, I'd wake up around five. The deeper and deeper I got into prep, the worse and worse my sleep got and I'd start waking up at four. But it just meant that I had more time to work, so it was fine. But yeah, then I'd do like a work block. Around half eight, I'd go out on like an hour-long walk, have my breakfast, train, post-workout meal then just kind of like work have a meal work uh usually go out on a walk then have a meal then chill or work and then go to bed that was kind of it and every day looked the same on a rest day uh obviously I just wouldn't train I would do like my cardio before my walk I try and push my first meal out until like around like half 10 11 and but aside from that I was basically just like work meals work meals go out on more walks if I had appointments I'd always put them on rest days just because I wouldn't want to be wasting time so like things like going to like the physio or like anything like that so 
that's what my days look like pretty much the exact same as now and this is something that actually I was talking about in a podcast recently your days should not look different from off-season to prep really they should look very very similar you should be doing a lot of the same things like if you're starting a prep and on day one your entire lifestyle has to change then I don't know how long you're gonna last like your lifestyle should look very similar you should just eat a little bit less food and probably move a little bit more once you start your prep um so that's what my days look like someone asked about the cost and I honestly was like please don't ask me this because I don't want to know but <laughs> I'm gonna talk through things you need to consider the first thing is like bodybuilding's fucking expensive like there is no getting around that it is not a cheap sport it is not a cheap hobby if you are going to do a bodybuilding prep you need to be in a financial position to do so um, and it's a big thing that you do need to consider so I'm just going to quickly talk through like some of the different costs that you might need to take into account so first costs are like costs that happen throughout the prep so obviously coaching like coaching is is an expense now you probably should be paying for coaching before your prep like again you should be working with somebody beforehand how much does coaching cost it depends I would say anywhere between like maybe 175 euro to like well I mean like I've heard of some coaches who are like 500 euro a month but I would say between 175 to like 250 that's probably uh, a there thereabouts of like what coaching costs per month then you have things like obviously your gym membership your food and um, posing lessons so again I started posing two years before I started on stage how much are posing lessons it depends on who you go to you're looking at between like 40 and 80 quid for like a half an hour to 45 minutes and um, so again that's an expense and you probably want to be doing like at least one a month and then maybe one every two weeks coming up to the show so that's an added expense then in terms of like the actual show itself so you've got your shoes so shoes are around like 75 to 100 pounds uh, all these prices I'm going to give most of them are in pounds because I did a lot of my shows or I bought a lot of my stuff from UK based retailers so it's just easier for me to talk it through in pounds but you can do the conversion yourself but yeah shoes are around 75 pounds bikinis so my figure so figure suits are more expensive for some fucking reason just like there's literally like a tiny bit more material on the back but they're way more expensive than, than the plain bikinis so they're around 500 pounds each that's fucking expensive can you get secondhand ones sure I actually happen to be selling some of mine so if you want to buy one for a bit cheaper just drop me a message bt dubs and um, one I am already selling to somebody but again like you can get them a little bit cheaper you can buy them secondhand you can rent them as well but to buy one new it's 500 pounds the jewelry so you have to wear like jewelry and um, bracelets rings and earrings so that's they're not they're not that expensive i'd say to get all three you're looking at around 20 quid the tan on show day so if you pay to get your tan done you're looking at around 100 to 150 euro pounds depending on where you are you can do your tan yourself okay you can buy the pro tan and do it yourself i in future we'll probably do that because I do my tan all the time and I feel like it's something I'd probably be able to do honestly getting tanned is stressful because you're having to go to the hotel the night before usually late or else you're having to go then in in the morning of the show really early and you're tied to somebody else's schedule so I think for me in future uh, I'm going to do my tan myself because then I can just do it whenever I want and I can chill and I'm not relying on other people but that's just something to consider if it's your first time I would pay to get the tan done like don't like just you know don't don't cause yourself added stress by having to do your own tan and um, now that I've done a few shows and I know how they run I'm happy to try it myself show entry and registration uh registration with like different federations probably anywhere from like 50 to 100 quid again it depends some are really expensive like if you want to compete with the WBFF you, you better be rich because theirs is like fucking 500 or something like that to register it's it's a joke it's it sorry I shouldn't say that if anybody's listening to this and they run at the WBFF 
sorry, but they are a money rocket. It's very expensive. So all other federations, they're like slightly cheaper. But again, if you're doing multiple classes, it's probably going to be more expensive. So again, just things to look up on their websites before. Um, like all the information is always there. And then um, extra costs. So traveling to the show, you know, the hotels for the show. Um, obviously, I traveled internationally. I do like... I spent so much money in the US, like a lot of money on like food shops, on Ubers, on like everything. So it was expensive. It was like paying for a holiday. So obviously if you're just doing a local show, it's going to be a lot cheaper. If you're traveling abroad, it's going to be more expensive. And like, I didn't get paid to go and do any of these things. I think I got like a few hundred from the MBFI to go into the Europeans, which was obviously very kind of them. But apart from that, like everything was out of pocket. I paid for it all myself. So just something to keep in mind another thing that's an expense is hair and makeup now I always did my own so I saved out on this um because I love doing my own makeup and I think I'm pretty good at doing my own makeup and even my hair like I just kind of curled it I didn't really care to pay somebody to do it that can be expensive I've seen really expensive um hair and makeup packages so if you can do it yourself you're confident doing it yourself then again that means you can like do it in your own time I've heard of people having like makeup appointments at 4 a.m in the morning before their show like fuck that so yeah I always did it myself um other expenses photos so getting um like stage pictures that's another expense you're looking at anywhere from like 50 to probably 150 depending on who it is so that's something else and somebody actually asked me is there anything that I spent money on that I maybe wouldn't spend money on in the future and oh my god some of the stage pictures I got I'm not even ashamed to admit the pictures I got from the MBFI show were a joke I don't care to care if the, the photographers listening to this. They were terrible. It looked like they were taken on a fucking drone. They were so bad. He sent them to me and I was like, surely this is a joke. They are, they were so bad. So there's none of them online uh, or like I haven't posted any of those because like they're just so bad. They're taking them from, from so far away and they're taken from like above. It's like they were like, it's like he was sitting on like the balcony terrible terrible but then some I got were really really good so um but yeah some of the ones I spent money on like I'm just like why did I spend that money like I I didn't need them but memories I suppose someone asked me how long should a first time or prep for so as long as you need honestly I always personally would prefer a longer prep which is going to be a little bit less harsh but give you plenty of time so anywhere from like 20 to 24 weeks is probably a good starting point but it depends on your starting point too like if you've been working with a coach for long enough and they've taken you through a pre-prep diet and then reversed you back out held your body weight at a reasonable point you could get away with a shorter prep you know it really does depend and I don't think being a first timer should influence how long you're prepping for like it should just be how long you need as an individual so contact coach ask them but I would usually say like like I would rather have someone prepping 24 weeks and have to take diet breaks and reverse them than prep them for 16 weeks and at 10 weeks I'd be like we are way behind here and we have to push really really hard and push you into the ground that's my personal philosophy I suppose somebody asked is it possible to compete while working or with a family like obviously I can't speak from experience here because I'm self-employed and 26 and I don't have a family but I do know plenty of competitors who do this so of course it is possible is it going to require being very meticulous with like your scheduling and your planning yes but it is possible and I I have like like um, I know there was a few people that I was competing with who were like doing exactly that so yes uh, but I'm probably the wrong person to ask about how to do that because I don't have the experience and I'm not going to pretend like I know someone asked what category would I recommend for a first timer it completely depends on your physique I usually say like the category usually chooses you so within the categories you kind of start with bikini bikini is like the 
least amount of muscle and the least amount of conditioning. So the the least lean, don't get me wrong, still shredded, but the least lean. As you move up through the categories, you get more muscular and leaner. So it goes like bikini, figure, uh, women's physique slash fit body, women's bodybuilding. Wellness, if you're competing within like tested untested federations um is kind of between bikini and figure um but like your physique will choose the category like I was I was never going to be bikini like I was my legs have been too big for bikini since before I started training I was always leaning more towards figure um because that was just the category that made sense for me like with my shape you know I've got an x frame I've got like a big big back my shoulders are kind of weak but uh, we won't talk about that but I've got a tiny waist I've got big legs like it just made sense for me so I would just contact a coach send them some pictures try the try different poses and also like remember you can choose like if you if you probably should be bikini but you love figure go for it like just but just have that kind of knowledge in the back of your head that you might need more time um you know you can choose to a degree but equally sometimes you can't like I know one class that that is incredibly prevalent in is wellness I see a lot of girls who want to be wellness and they're just not and they try and do it and it's like you really should be in bikini um so you know I would send pictures to somebody who knows but don't don't think like oh because I'm a first timer I have to start with bikini that's not the case at all like I started in figure I've seen girls who are first timers who start like my friend Meg started in bodybuilding and she was a first timer and she looked fucking class so it really does depend on your physique and so I would just contact a coach who knows the federations you want to compete in and can give you an honest um kind of analysis there I've answered somebody asked about contraception I've answered that um someone and they actually asked will it affect prep it's so individual like some people their contraception like their their hormonal contraceptions will contraceptives will potentially interfere with their ability to get into true stage condition but I also know plenty of girls who have been on contraceptives contraceptions contraceptives I don't know why that word is like eluding me and they've gotten like and they've gotten peeled so it really just depend like everybody is very individual someone asked how do girls go to the toilet with your show day tan on which I thought was so funny so first thing is I always had like my shiwi for for peeing um but another thing is like splashes happen but it's okay because before you go out on stage you'll get touched up so like I I had like splashes all over me the first time I got my tan done because I could not use the shiwi properly it's a fucking beast I was like so confused by it um it was just so funny looking back it was an experience but yeah like you 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 will get touched up before you go out um so it's not like a big deal at all and someone asked what was my biggest prep dread or worry and it was just that I wasn't going to be ready and that I was going to look shit that was it. I was just, I was constantly worried that I was just going to look like shit up on stage. Um, it was, like I said, a lot of self-doubt. Um, then I'd have days where I was like, fuck, I look class. Um, but yeah, that was just, that was it for me, really. So, Jesus, okay, I've been going for a long time. That's going to be it for today. Um, so I hope you've taken something from this. I hope it was even just like an interesting listen. Um, you know, I hope. One thing actually that I did want to talk about, sorry, I've just remembered this. I meant to talk about this at the start, but obviously, like I said, this is an extreme sport and it's a bit of a weird one and I get that people might not understand why bodybuilders do it and one thing I find very strange about this being my hobby or like my passion is that I have to justify it to people so if I tell people that this is what I do they're like but why and and I'm like well I enjoy it and they're like but why and it's like because I just fucking enjoy it I don't know why I just enjoy it this is just the thing that I enjoy you know, like if somebody likes the guitar, I'm not like, but why do you like the guitar? I don't need a fucking thesis on why they enjoy things. I understand that we as humans, we just tend to enjoy things. 
sorry, I'm getting a bit annoyed there. But yeah, I've, I always have to justify it to people. And they're like, but why do you like it? Yet these are the same people who go out, or, or then they'll usually say, but it's so unhealthy. It's so restrictive. Okay, you go out every weekend. You drink every weekend. You take fucking God knows what up your nose every weekend. You eat shit. And you're going to tell me that what I'm doing is unhealthy? I know that this is unhealthy. I've just picked my poison. I like it. I don't care if it's unhealthy. I enjoy it. So I just wanted to say that because, like, it is really annoying when people, like, almost think that, like, you you have to justify this being your life. It's like, I just like it. I just like it, okay? I enjoy it. It brings me a lot of satisfaction. It adds to my life and I love it. There's people out there who do bodybuilding who probably shouldn't and it's probably not the right sport for them. But it isn't inherently a bad thing. I think there's, again, like I said at the start, there's people who rush into bodybuilding preps and then, or even photo shoot preps, and then they decide that they're unhealthy and everybody who does it is disordered and fucked up. And that really grinds my gears really does fuck me off um so I just wanted to kind of like mention that so (laughs) sorry sorry that I've ended this on such like an aggressive note but uh I just think it's worth saying like from from one bodybuilder to everybody else stop asking me why I like it I just like it okay just enjoy it god knows just just do will I enjoy it forever I don't know but I don't think about those things like I'm enjoying it now so I'm gonna do it now okay so yes that's it for me I'm gonna do another episode probably in a while all about post-show off-season and my plans moving forward so that is coming I promise but god if I was to talk about that all now this would end up being a fucking Joe Rogan length (laughs) episode so we'll leave it at that if you have any questions if you want to talk to me um I am always happy to discuss things with people um if you think you know I've got quite a few clients who are competing next year they are already working with me they're already getting ready for their preps if you think that you would like to compete next year and you think this girl seems crazy but might 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 be a good coach <laughs> um contact me now please for the love of god for your own sake and for mine contact me now and let's have a chat and also if you don't want to compete but you just like the sound of me and you think that uh I would be nice to work with. I like to think I'd be nice to work with. Uh, Give me a message on Instagram or you can head to the link in the show notes and book in a call with me. My times are very limited over this month because I'm going to New York next week. And then the week after that, I'm going to Montreal for my sister-in-law-to-be's bridal shower, which is super fun. So times are limited over the next while. So book in sooner rather than later for a call or just send me a message on Instagram. We can get something sorted out. And aside from that rate review subscribe like whatever share tag me on instagram all that sort of jazz and have a wonderful rest of your day thank you for listening if you made it this far and i will chat to you very soon bye